Welcome to the Latin Wealth Podcast, a podcast dedicated to educating the Latino community about entrepreneurship, investing, and business. All right, guys, welcome to another episode to the Latin Wealth Podcast. I'm super excited about today's episode for a couple of different reasons. Number one, we got a guest in the building. And before we introduce him, I'm also excited because we're back at the studio. Ain't nothing like being in the studio, the vibe, the interaction. Um, love it. So, yeah, let's get right into today's guest for the Latin Wealth Podcast. The guest for today, he is the founder of a company called Cosign a black-owned, award-winning tech-enabled media company based out here in Dallas, Texas, underneath the Cosign umbrella. They got a lot going on from magazines, a podcast, merch. Um, they even operate a full-service in-house production and media studio. So they're doing a lot, doing a lot of dope things, uh, making a dope impact on the community, a real media mogul. Welcome to the Latin Wealth Podcast, Curtis Graham, aka KG. What's good, bro? Man, thanks, bro. That was an amazing intro, man. <laughs> <laughs> I need to steal this clip. <laughs> right, right. Send it to anybody when they want to do my intro. <laughs> yeah, do it like this. I'm yeah. a little rusty. It's it's crazy. I'm a little rusty, but yeah, man. Thank you for for hopping on the podcast. Thank nah, you for, for sure. your time and your energy. Um, before we get into it, I was on your IG lately, and I see that you've been hooping at the, this league, man. Yeah, yeah man. I've is that is, is that something that you guys put on? Because I'm like, man, I need to pull up. Yeah, bro. So we recently uh, um, launched Champions of the Court basketball tournament okay. series. So, man, I've been uh, as an entrepreneur, man, I've been trying to find a way to to wind, to unwind and relax. For sure. And basketball has always been therapeutic for me. Mm -hmm. So I've been hooping with friends on Thursdays in Plano. And I was like, man, let me just create this little tournament, bro. Mm -hmm. So we're like entrepreneurs, artists, creators can get together, hoop. And just kind of fellowship and have yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just for like bragging rights, man. Yeah, so yeah. I love hooping, bro. I've been hooping all my life. That was my first love, basketball. So, man, as an adult, you know, yeah. it's cool that I can still get out there every once in a while and, you know, show them I still got it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to definitely tap in with you because I'll be hooping. I try to hoop like at least a couple times a week. Yeah. Like you said, it's, it's therapeutic, you definitely. know, for entrepreneurs. Sometimes we need an outlet. We always on the go. Yeah. We always hustling. Thanks. And we just need something to just ease our mind. You know what I'm saying? And definitely. I feel like. You can relate basketball. Like you, you're not thinking about nothing. You just exactly. competing. You're having mm -hmm. a good time, and you just that's it. Yeah, that's my point, bro. So when I'm hooping, like I'm not thinking about nothing else about like what's going on, the play. You know, what I'm saying my yeah. next move. I'm not worried about life, anything yeah. outside of that. So it's it's cool to take your mind off yeah. of that and just to focus on the game. For sure, I was uh, I was in New York about like two weeks ago, and I was meeting with this entrepreneur that's got like a an influencer agency out there. And he, he seemed like, I'm surprised that he like sat down and had dinner with me because he seemed like he always on the go and whatnot. I'm like, man, how do you take care of your mental health? Like, what are some of the things that you do? Because mm -hmm. you, you, I mean, involved in so much. And he really didn't have an answer. He's like, man, it's something I need to work on. Nah, facts. This, this just happened. So like yeah. the tournament was like maybe June 30th was the, or June. Yeah, I think June 30th was the first one. So outside of that, bro, I haven't really done anything like basketball. Mm -hmm. I probably got back in the hoop and maybe two months ago yeah. and I've been doing it every Thursday. So. Yeah. Outside of that, man, there's nothing that yeah. I do for myself. Like yeah. people ask, like, what do you do for fun? I mean, I go to events, but then when you think about it, the events, you working? I'm working. Yeah. yeah, so I'm always working. And even where I live, it's like a live, work, create space. So mm. I'm never off. Like I'm yeah. always on go. I can always get up and do something real quick. So yeah. I need to find some balance to where like I can just you know step away from work completely. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Do you or do you be feeling? You know, we're both older. Yeah. After the day after I hoop, man, I, my whole body is just Bruh. destroyed. <laughs> I got a story to tell you, man. And my dude Ziggy's in, in, the, in, the, in the audience right now, he so the he can attest to this. Up. So let me tell you this, bro. We have played two games, right? Mind uh -huh. you, I hoop on Thursdays, but it's like an open gym, so like nobody's going super hard. Mm -hmm. Bro, I hoop two games in this tournament. I mean, I didn't, I don't recall spraining my ankle or nothing. I mean, I walked out the tournament. Walked up the stairs, walked to the car, got home, walked up some stairs. I'm good. And then over like the span of the next four hours, I'm like, man, my ankle's throbbing <laughs> a little bit. Right? It went from throbbing to I'm like, man, like I could barely move it. And then it went to like, bro, I felt like I had like pins stabbing mm. me in my ankle to where I couldn't walk on, I couldn't yeah. put no pressure. And everybody looking at me like, what happened to you? I'm like, bro, I don't know what. Yeah, happened. it's just, I don't know. I, yeah. I had to elevate, I had to put some, I had no ice, so I had to put yep. like frozen broccoli on my yep, ankle. Yep. 
That's, it was man. just a mess, man. Man, I feel it, man. My back be locking up and all yeah, that. Man, all that, bro. That's crazy. So before you were creative and entrepreneur, I mean, you came a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, man, walk us through the journey that it, it you took and you went through to get to where you're at to be able to say like, yo, I want to create my own basketball league. I want to throw these events and whatnot. Dope. We're going to get into some of those things that you're doing. Okay. Um, but yeah, man, talk to me. I know you grew up in a Panamanian household, yes. which is dope. Yeah. But yeah, talk to us. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to try to give you the condensed story. So both my parents are from Colón, Panama. So they were both born, raised there, stayed there until like about 21, 22. Um, and then they moved to New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my dad moved to New York, he became a citizen and then ended up joining the Army. Uh, for, they had me in Brooklyn and my sister in Brooklyn as well. And when joining the Army, they moved around a lot. to where That's how we ended up getting to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Texas, that's where I found my love for basketball. It's like the first place that I actually got to sit down with for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I actually got friends, fell in love with basketball. also fell in love with magazines. Mm-hmm. Uh, in high school, I took an AP psychology class. I love psychology. And my psychology teacher... She um she introduced me really into media and advertising and marketing because she asked me why I love psychology. And I'm like, I like I like studying people. Right. Mm. I like figuring out why people do what they do and the reasoning behind it. And when she told me, like, psychology had to go to school for like eight years, I was like, man, I don't know if I could do eight, yeah, year, eight more years of school. And she was like, well, there's other ways to figure out people and to study people. She was mm-hmm. like, marketing is a study of people's behaviors, mm-hmm. right? They're buying behaviors, et cetera. So she was like, look at the marketing. So from there, I looked at the marketing, advertising. Uh, ended up have ended up getting into U- University of Houston, UTA, and Northwood University. Um, I hate Houston. I'm sorry. So I was like, no way I'm moving to Houston. Why do you hate it? Man, it's just <laughs> every time I go, something bad happens to me. Okay. Right? Okay. And then I feel like it's big, it's spread out, and like yeah. everything's already set. Like okay. in Dallas, even when I didn't live here, I'm like, man, Dallas is wide open. Like there's no but mm-hmm. there's no there's nothing that you could really see and be like that person owns this market or this industry mm-hmm. in Dallas, right? I see what you're saying. Yeah. So it's yeah. like I figured I could come here and make a way for myself. So I came here, uh, I ended up going to Northwood University, which was a private business school. Hated it, mm-hmm. but you know, <laughs> I had to stick around. Yeah. Um and from there, uh I ended up working at Eargasm, which was a CD store. And I I met Talib Kweli, mm. I met Young Buck from G Unit, I met all these artists, and I realized the artists were accompanied by like A and Rs. So I got introduced to an A and R. Um, she gave me my first internship at Universal Music. They had a they had a home office here. I did that for six months. I got to work on Joel Santana project. Uh, I got to work on some rock and some indie rock projects. It was it was an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. After that six months, uh, I was still working at Eargasm, and then I met. Uh, Jen Jen River City she was basically like in charge of marketing for Ozone Magazine which was a hip hop magazine mm-hmm. so I got her email address I emailed her over and over and over again I told her I want to work for Ozone she sent me she told me to email Julia Beverly which is basically the owner of Ozone Magazine emailed her they gave me uh, my first start as basically just passing out magazines mm. I did that then they gave me like a marketing position and then they allowed me to like basically go to like different places in Texas, pass out the magazines, take pictures, and I get credit in the magazine and do like little marketing stuff. While I was doing it, I, I realized that man, these artists are accompanied by you know publicists, managers, photographers, and it's like man, why come nobody's interviewing them and telling their stories? Mm. And when I asked them, they were like, "Well, we're really focused on the artists. You know, mm-hmm. it's a hip hop magazine. People want to know about the artists." So I always kept that in the back of my head. I'm like, man, when I start my own magazine. I want to interview all the people, like the executives, the photographer, people behind the scenes, mm-hmm. because they're just as important. Um, I also realized I'm a horrible employee, right? Mm-hmm. So I come to work late, I leave early, and I take extended lunch breaks. And I don't want to be questioned about neither one of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So at that point, it's like, man, I have to work for myself. So I ended up going overseas uh, for two years, Afghanistan, as a contractor. Uh, my daughter was a year, I was a year old. I was broke. Um, my parents, you know, they they were. They were pretty much the type of parents who were like, they they let me be me. They believed in my vision. Whatever I want to do, That's they'll dope. support it. So I told them I want to go overseas. They were like, do you? They'll, they'll take care of my daughter. I went over there, man, saved money up for two years, came back, and uh, I launched Cosign. So it originally started as a print publication. That's all I was doing was a print mm-hmm. magazine. That's what was going on at the time. And then from there, I started realizing when I hold my first issue release event, I'm like, man, people will come to meet the staff, meet whoever was in the magazine, and the buy issues. So I got really heavy into doing events, mm-hmm. and that's what's really what grew uh, Cosign when I started doing events. Um, it allowed me to meet so many different people and build a community through doing these events. And what year was this? 
Uh, so I started Cosign 2011. Wow. Yeah, I started 2011. I didn't host my first events like maybe like 2014 though. Mm-hmm. So like those first three years, I was just in the red. I was losing money. Like mm-hmm. I was printing for free. I had no advertising. Uh, I mean, people would like buy like a little thing here and there, but mm-hmm. it wasn't enough to cover production, right. uh, creative design, nothing. So this was all out of pocket, maxing out credit cards, yeah. um, using money from work to put into that. Um, so yeah, I was basically just just hustling backwards, honestly, to for tell you sure. the truth. And when I first held my first event, that's the first time I made profit with Cosign. And I'm like, wow. Mm. So this is what I need to be doing. I need to be hosting events. That's what kind of got me into the aspect of throwing events with Cosign. Mm. And everything else just kind of like happened over time. You know, yeah. it just kind of grew from there. No, I love that. I heard one of your uh, past interviews. And I mean, you were saying that while you were in the red and in those early stages, you would, you know, get a job Get a quick hustle or something like yeah. that. Pay for what you need to pay for and then get right back to exactly. it. Exactly. So my question is, when do people feel like they should quit or continue going, right? Because it's not necessarily a bad thing to quit. Like it, it's not, right? People make it seem like you should never quit. Right, right. Nah, like there's there's going to be a time in your life where you're going to have to quit whatever that is for you. It's like you quit that job. You said, I ain't going back to that. Right. Yeah. There's some things that we need to... Definitely. do that for in our life but for you even though you was in the red you was hustling backwards for three years you continued so what do you feel like for people out there is the difference you know what i'm saying that's to a, quit or to continue going that's a great question so for me uh i'll give you two examples um a job you don't there's no ownership in a job right so mm-hmm. just like a job will fire you at any any moment at any moment with no just cause anything mm-hmm. that's why i'm okay with quitting jobs any any time, right? Right. If it no longer serves my purpose or no longer aligns with me, I have no I have no problem quitting. Yeah. As far as your your personal journey, your own uh, your own company, yeah. etc. I would say before you quit, take a break. Right. Mm. Take a break, reassess, or pivot. Right. If something's not working, it doesn't mean that it's not going to work for you. It doesn't mean you're doing something wrong yep. that you need to pivot. There's been plenty of times where I took a break at Cosign. I'm like, okay, this this isn't working. So I took a break and didn't do anything for like a month or two. I just kind of studied other mm-hmm. media companies, studied what other organizations were doing, and figured out what I could do to add, you know, my cosign sauce to it. Mm-hmm. Then I would come back, reassess, and do it again. There's been times where I definitely wanted to hang it up, but I'm passionate about it. Mm-hmm. It's my purpose, so I didn't want to completely give it up. I would just add new things to it to mm-hmm. reignite me, give me extra energy, and things that I could always add on to make cosign successful. So my advice for people within their company when they're ready to quit, I would say take a break first. I would say find ways to pivot, right? So maybe if you're a clothing brand and you're doing, you know, if you're selling t-shirts and that's not working for you, figure out why selling t-shirts isn't working for Mm -hmm. you. Are you doing pop-up shops? Are you hosting fashion shows? Are you doing e-commerce? Are you paying influencers? Like just pivot, find other things to do, right? Or Maybe it's not so, maybe it's your designs that's not mm-hmm. working, right? So figure out the process of what it is to sell a t-shirt. Maybe become the t-shirt printer. Yeah. You know, like there's other things to do to, to keep you in the same industry and, and you can pursue that and become successful. It just may not be what your original idea was. No, that's 100% facts. And it's crazy that you brought that up because before we hit record, I was telling you like, you know, I kind of took a break from podcasting. Right. The listeners know when you guys listen to this, it probably was a three month gap since mm. we put out an episode. And that's essentially what I did, bro. Like I got to a point where I was like, you got to take a step back and you got to figure out how to fix something and exactly. like analyze it, break it, put it back together to see how it works. Right. Not only put it back together to see how it works, but to remind you of the passion mm-hmm. that you, you had going yeah. through the process. Right. Um, and that's what I did. Like y'all listening to this probably three months later, um, and that's what we saw. We stopped, we took a break, analyzed what we were doing wrong, what we can do better, and now we're jumping back into it. And right. in the time during that break, man, I was thinking about podcasting every day, bro. Like I would wake up in the middle of the night, like, I gotta get back to it. Yeah. I gotta get back to it. People would be asking me, like, like my wife's uh my wife's father, he was like, um, she he called my wife, he was like, you know, I think something's wrong with my podcast app because every time <laughs> I'm loading it yeah. to see where Chris is podcast is that it's not coming up yeah <laughs> he ain't been putting out one <laughs> you know what i'm saying so i'm getting people hitting me up yeah but um i love that advice to take a break from it take a break man. and if it's still tugging at your heart 
that's probably something yeah, that you need back to jump to. into. Yeah. No, definitely come back. There's been there's been companies I started that I have quit because I wasn't passionate about it. Yeah. Um my first my first shot at entrepreneurship, I had a record label. Mm-hmm. Like my one of my friends was an amazing artist. He was so talented and I wanted to help him. So I started a, a record label. And we did we did pretty good. I mean, at that time we were eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, we sold five hundred CDs, you know, like hand to hand at ten dollars ten dollars a pop. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it was like, man, and that was like our first mixtape. And then we mm-hmm. printed again and did it again. But I also realized it wasn't it wasn't my purpose. It wasn't my passion. Mm-hmm. I did it for him. So when he became, you know, lazy, to be, I told him this right, in his face. Right, when he right, became right. lazy, it's like, man, I I can't pour into this more than you are because, bro, you're the artist. Yeah. I'm just here to support you. I can't I can't want it more than you want. Exactly, it. exactly. So I let the record label go and you know just continue about my journey. But yeah, man. When when it's when it's not for you, there's nothing wrong with quitting. But if you're truly passionate about it, like you said, you was waking up thinking about podcasts and mm-hmm. dreaming about it. Like if you would honestly just do it for free with no money, then yeah. just you know just reassess, man. Take that break. Like people get exhausted. It's, burnout is real. Mm-hmm. You know, people get exhausted. You have to you have to get that energy back. You got to rest up and come back at it. So yeah, no, I feel like we both done that. Yeah, that's a bar. That's a gym, bro. That's the first time I've heard someone say that. So I agree with you. So. Man, walk us through the creative process to putting together a magazine, man. Like, man. we don't ever think about that. We just man. buy magazines and just consume yeah. them, but we never think about the other end of it man. and what it takes to put it together. This is definitely a lot, bro. And you know what's crazy is I didn't think about that neither before I put the first one together. <laughs> I was like, man, why? <laughs> I, like, I probably should have asked the right. art director firsthand, like, what goes all into this, man? But um, so for us, we do our issues. First, we do, we do double covers. So there's two covers. Um, each magazine, right? So that means there's two cover shots. That means there's two main stories. Why? Um, for one, we since we're Dallas based, we always want to highlight and honor somebody in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And for two, we also don't want to be boxed as only Dallas. So one side you'll see a Dallas entrepreneur, artist, creative, and the other side you'll see a national talent. Mm. And I do that so that when I when I approach these bigger brands, they just don't look at me as only as a Dallas mark. I'm like, hey, well we've We've interviewed so and so from LA mm-hmm. or from you know from Cali, from New York, Miami. So it, it, it opens up our our audience, opens up who we can work with, our readership, our viewership. So that's why I went why I went into it wanting to appeal to you know a national scale, but also pay homage to Dallas. Um, so outside of figuring out who you're gonna have on the cover, we do it by themes, so that way our mm-hmm. issue isn't all over the place, right? So we've had like the power issue, the blueprint issue, uh, so things like that. So once we have the theme. Then we'll go through and kind of look who fits the thing. We're entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. artists, creators, and we'll be like, okay, let's interview this person, interview this person, and this person. And then we'll always try to think of a, a of an article or story you could write that aligns with that, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes it's not about an interview. It's about, you know, mm-hmm. a, a open ed, op-ed content that we could write for it. Um, and then from there, we have to find you know, uh, businesses and advertisers to make sure we pay for everything. Mm. So then you got to go on the hustle of, you know, either previous clients that you had or look for new clients. Right. And, you know, in this day, to be completely transparent, um, you know, people say print is dying. I don't believe print is dying, but people are investing more in digital. Mm-hmm. So we end up having to pivot and create a package to where it, it couples print, mm-hmm. advertising with digital and digital. social media. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So like, like you so said, you just have to like reassess because yeah. when I wasn't selling ads print wise, I'm like, okay, let me figure out why this isn't working. Everybody's yeah. spending money digitally on Instagram, Facebook ads. Why don't you feel like print is dead? I feel like print has turned into one of those uh, to those keepsake items, right? Like a collectible like type a of thing? collectible. Yeah, yeah, I heard you know, that. It's a, it's a collectible. Like it's one of those things where, like, when you go to somebody's apartment or studio, you're going to see it on a coffee table. Yeah, yeah coffee table. You know table. what I'm saying? You'll 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 see it around. It's not completely dead. People still read, like, even like books. You'll never catch me doing audio book. Nothing wrong with it. But I like yeah. actually going to the bookstore or, or Amazon, yeah. reading about it, ordering it, getting it, holding it in yeah. my hand, and flipping the pages. Something What's that bookstore right that. here? Uh, Discount bookstore. Discount books. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, big old store. Yeah, I be going in there. Same thing, bro. I go in yeah. there. I, I buy all my books, bro. Exactly, bro. So I like to hold them. I like to read them, and I like to collect them. So when yeah. you go to my loft on my um, on my window panel, you'll mm-hmm. see all my books lined up, right? So it's the same thing with magazines. So. It won't be for everybody to purchase it, but people will, will purchase them as keepsake items or mm-hmm. collectibles. And, you know, like, I want to, you know, one day, maybe when we get to 100 issues, I want to do something to where, like, if you have all 100 issues of Cosign, mm-hmm. man, you get $1,000 or, you know, wow. uh, you know, some type of ex- media experience, yeah, yeah. you know. VIP so, or something. Yeah, so I, I kind of want to, I'm always about experiences. So I want to couple something like that. Um, 
and people, I feel like, like holding magazines is nostalgic. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, For sure. And that's the way things are going. Like people are starting to value things that were once old, right? Things that were, you know, we were privy to when we were younger. Yeah. So like, I, I will always print. Like I tell people, like, I don't care how digital we go or how mm-hmm. technology grows. I will adapt, but I'll never just discontinue printing. Yeah. I'll always yeah. keep that as an option. Like even now, like we'll do a batch of printing for an event, but outside of that, it's uh, it's print on demand, mm. right? So if you don't catch it at the actual event that we have, then you can always order it online. And we work with the company that will print one-off magazines and ship dope. directly to dope. the client or the customer. And that's super dope. So um, transitioning a little bit, you know, putting together a, a magazine and, you know, being in media and whatnot, something that's really important is relationships, right? right. You got to... You got to network with the, uh, the advertisers. You got to mm-hmm. connect with the people that you want to put in the magazine. I'm assuming you're probably not writing all the articles. So you're, you're, you're going out to uh, <laughs> article writers and whatnot. Man, talk about the power of investing in relationships and building relationships, right? Man. You being out here in Dallas, I'm sure like you were just telling me before that you were just all over the place, right, you know, right. at different camps. And, you know, um, talk to us about the power of relationships, especially being in media. Yeah, relationships are extremely valuable, right? Relationships can make or break your company. I realized, man, that, you know, relationships are how you actually conduct business, mm. you know? So, like, for example, the reason why I call uh, our brand Cosign is because there's a lot of power in a Cosign. Power, a cosign is word of mouth. It's like a stamp of approval, right? So let's say you said, hey, KG, there's this there's a super uh, talented or extremely knowledgeable person in real estate. You should You should tap in them if you want to invest in real estate. Because you co-sign that person, I'm going to give them a shot, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to work with them. I'm going to talk to them, right? So that's the same thing in, in business. Like, those relationships can basically walk you into doors that, you know, mm-hmm. money can't buy. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, even with, like, my brand sponsorships, man, is a lot of it is based off of relationships. Like, mm. they keep coming back to me because we have a relationship. Yeah, or yeah. they'll even ask me about other events. And they'll be like, hey, do you know so-and-so? They reached out about partnering. What do you think we should do? So it's like it's crazy that people hold so much value on a relationship, but it makes sense because people want to work with people that they know, like, mm-hmm. and trust. And they trust, yeah. Right? So if you have that all three, it just makes you, you know, a a, a force to be mm-hmm. reckoned with. Mm-hmm. So I always try to invest in my relationships. I can always do better, but business owners have to also think about, like, man, business is conducted even, when, even after store hours. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's about... Make sure you're tapping in with people, you know, not only when you need something. That's one of my pet peeves. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't contact me only when you, you need, need something, something right? Yeah. You know, reach out, but hey, how's the family? How's the kids? How's co-son? Anything where I can help you with? You know, do you have any events coming up? Just tap in, circle in every once in a while. You yeah. know, that's how you nurture relationships. For sure. And then, you know, when you do need something, people are more prone to help and assist because you've always been there. You've been on front of mind. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I it's extremely that. important, and, you know. It's just something that we all have to do better in nurturing. I know life is life is hard. It's, yeah, a lot <laughs> you know, going on. It's a lot going on. People yeah. have personal, you know, things that they struggle with that they ha- have to handle. But just know in business, you know, you're going to need those relationships at one point in time. So, For sure. you know, even if it's dedicating half a day, mm. it's like going through your contacts and, and, and just talking to people and making sure they're okay. It goes a long way. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, I want to circle back to cosign as a company you mentioned that you guys at one point started printing magazines and whatnot but now it's it's more of a, a media company i want right. you to touch more on some of the services that you provide and some of the you know projects that you guys got going on uh, i mentioned that you guys have a podcast as right. well love for you to hit on that no nah, definitely so um so we'll, one of my favorite media companies is complex yeah, right? yeah. and vice so vice Not I, to, if i can interject real yeah, quick of course. is is that kind of what you inspired to be? Exactly. What? Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I'm inspired by both of them. Yeah. Because they both started off as print magazines, mm. and you've seen what they've grown to. Vice yeah. was, you know, a print magazine. Now they have their own network, yeah. their own channel, documentaries. Documentaries are Everything. Crazy. Same thing with Complex. Complex started as a magazine. Now it's a media powerhouse. They buy other media companies. They have so mm. many different series. They have so many partnerships, live events, yeah. festivals, conferences. So... I inspire Cosign to be both of them, but for like entrepreneurs and creators. Mm-hmm. It's like even when I delve into sports, I want to you know dive into like you know the the business of sports, the creativity behind sports. You know, I'm not really worried about stats and highlights and all mm-hmm. that, but it's more so like man, 
you know, what else do you want to do outside of basketball right. or football? Are you investing in businesses? Are you an artist? You know, like, what are you doing on your free time? Like that type of stuff, mm-hmm. because they're real people just like us. So, um, and it inspired me to create series. So, you know, we created this more than a model series under our Cosign Network. So that's basically, you know, a, a video series where we dive deep into models of how they got mm-hmm. started into modeling. Um, are there any like negative connotation that they deal with when it comes to modeling and who they are as a person? You know, a lot of times we see models on IG, we may think like they're beautiful, but they're yeah. stuck up, they're hard to approach. Yeah, yeah. But these are like regular people. Most regular of these models people. I know are super hilarious, yeah. have a great personality. They just, you know, they just come off as maybe unapproachable because they're working. You know what I'm saying? So you just have or, to build those yeah. relationships with them. Um, outside of that, we have Coastline Conversations, which is my podcast where I interview entrepreneurs and creatives about their blueprints of success and share, um, you know, other topics and subjects. Um, and we have the Coast on Life blog, which is kind of like behind the scenes mm-hmm. of what it takes to run a media company. And then our four events, we have the Coast on Awards, which mm-hmm. is the annual. Which is coming up, right? Coming up in November. So it's our annual charity dinner and gala. Mm-hmm. To where we uh, award minority entrepreneurs, uh, creatives, executives, influencers, and educators run across 16 categories. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of like our biggest events of the year. Wow. Um, Everybody comes together, about 500 people. It's, it's just a beautiful thing to see everybody dressed up mm-hmm. and just celebrating each other. Is anybody invited or is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great question, man. So people always sit me up and be like, man, I ain't get an invite. I say, it's open invite. <laughs> <laughs> link in bio. <laughs> link in the bio. Yeah, link in bio. Anybody can come. So, I mean, I think a lot of times people are like, man, how do I get nominated? And that's a great question. Mm-hmm. So nomination process. Okay, so nomination start as open nomination, right? So when a link drops, you can go nominate anybody. So people could promote to tell, hey, their their audience to go nominate me, mm-hmm. right? After that, we take in the nominations to consideration, and then mm-hmm. we have a board who who taps in their nominations, and then we narrow it down to to five people across sixteen categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, there's a voting a voting uh, a voting phase to mm-hmm. where people can vote online, and then the winners is announced at the actual gala. But yes, it's open invite. Um, you could buy a ticket to come, a table for you, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, mm-hmm. significant That's other, dope, whatever you want to do. Um, I always, I always tell people, man, at least come check it out once. Like everybody, like everybody, like is a fan of it, but it's like I get it. They want to be nominated, and it's like, man, trust me, I appreciate it. But it's like it's just something to come experience and support. Yeah, and you um, can. That's great networking. Great networking. Like everybody there has something going on everybody so it's always it's always great to be in the building and i i appreciate the city of dallas for supporting mm-hmm. uh quick story i when when we first did it i didn't i didn't believe in it honestly mm. so i have a i have a friend why did you start it so i have a a friend slash he he was a silent business partner but he's really a friend his name is ricky mm-hmm. um ricky believed in me early on and and <laughs> else i never told the story so Ricky believes me early on. I was still working a job, right? Mm-hmm. And Ricky, I didn't know Ricky any from anything. He just hit me up. And he was like, this is the first time anybody ever wanted to invest in Cosign. Mm. And he was like, man, I really love what you're doing. I want to invest in Cosign. I'm young, don't know what to do. And I'm like, man, how much? He was like, man, I got $1,000. <laughs> and I'm like, that don't sound like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That don't sound like a lot. I'm like, all right. I'm like, bet you give me a thousand dollars, bro, and we'll do like a, I would do like a trial period. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'll let you invest in like a couple of events. You know, mm-hmm. first of all, I couldn't do a couple of events with a thousand dollars, right? But Ricky was so solid. Uh, what ended up happening was he he gave me a thousand dollars, and he was like, um, I don't want nothing. I'm mm-hmm. like, what do you mean? He like, I don't want nothing. Just take the thousand dollars and do you, and let me know what you have coming up, and I'll I'll invest in events. So he gave me a thousand dollars. I put into the business, mm. uh, no equity or nothing. He was just like, whatever you need help with, I just want to help with you on those. So then I started doing the Cosign Experience, which was a, a weekend fashion show, networking. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it was a Latin art show, all types of stuff. And he would just like, he was like, how much do you need to get this done? Wow. I'd be like, uh, like 3000 He'd be like, okay, I got 1500 Can you get the 1500 I'm like, bet, I got you. Wow. And then I would do that. And then like after the weekend was up, I'd be like, okay, this is how much we made. He'd be like, okay, put that back in the business. I don't mm-hmm. want nothing. Wow. I'm gonna tell you this to this to this day, I probably only gave Ricky five hundred dollars because he wouldn't take it. 
He was like, bro, just put it back into the business. He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't need it. That's a blessing. That's it's, it is a blessing. You know what I'm saying? So like, I, I always tell people like, like Ricky, like regardless if he's on paper with Cosign or not, mm. I'm always look out for Ricky. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But Cosign Awards was Ricky's idea. Mm. So he was like, man, we should do an award show. And I'm like, I don't think we're at that point yet, Ricky. I don't like, I don't think people are, you know what I'm saying? I just, right. I just didn't feel like the brand was there to where we could. You wanted to fill up the space. Yeah, you wanted to make sure like, people was there and involved. I didn't think we could validate people like that. Yeah, okay, like Cosign okay, was. Okay. Cosign was growing, but it was like, man, I didn't think our stamp was like that. Yeah. And, bro, the first award show, we sold out. Mm. And it was Ricky's idea. Granted, I mean, it was his idea. I had to do all the leg and groundwork. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for him, like, saying, bro, believe it, we could do it, I would have never did the Cosign Awards. Or I would have I kept it as an idea and held mm-hmm. on to it for a long yeah, time yeah. and never executed it. So this is our fifth year. All fifth four years year. we sold out, bro. Wow. All four years we sold out. It's been a success. Each year, each year grows more and more. I look back at the first year and I'm like, damn, we could have did a lot more. But it was a great time. Yeah. Everybody enjoyed themselves, and now it's amazing. So, so shout out to Ricky for that, man. Yeah, shout um, out to Ricky, and everybody comes suited and booted, right? Every everybody comes suited and booted, man. Everybody. So it's beautiful to see, you know, people that you know we always, you know, just you know, in our street clothes or mm-hmm. work clothes, and yeah. then you get to see them in a the suit. You get to see yeah. ladies in a gown. Makeup, hair done, dudes fresh. Like it's it's beautiful. Everybody's handsome and gorgeous. So mm-hmm. you know it's it's, it's dope. I love man. that. That's amazing. That's dope. Uh, man, just transitioning a little bit. I want to talk about you know this the space of media marketing and just the whole digital space is constantly evolving and changing every single day. Something man, new coming out. Definitely. Web three, NFT, all man, this craziness, right? All this. Uh, what's a space or a thing? that you're currently educating yourself about right now. Maybe it's something that that you want to implement into your business. Maybe it's something that you just want to learn more about. Like what in this space are you like looking forward to or you're trying to like, okay, let me educate myself about this. So at a at a point I was I was trying to educate myself on NFTs, right? Uh-huh. But to complete to be completely transparent, I I I understand it, but I still don't really fully yeah. comprehend, right? Yeah. So I don't want to I don't want to invest my my energy right now mm-hmm. into that when there's so many other things I need to be doing to build right. cosign right. So I know there's I know there's opportunity cost. So like I can't miss out on something great, but I'm okay with that because I don't fully comprehend it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So once I do, then I'll get into the space. So NFTs I'm kind of sitting on the metaverse, man. It looks dope, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I would rather buy physical real estate right, than digital right, real estate. Right. You know, so it's like I'm I'm holding off on that too. I would partner with somebody on some type of like you know web event. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I do feel like we need to be knowledgeable about it. So we've helped we held an event called Crypto and Color for like you know minorities of color to learn about crypto, Web three, and all that. So I'm with the educational aspect mm-hmm. of it. I'm just not ready to dive in and right. invest into those projects yeah. yet. Um, I think that's important, man. At least educating yeah, yourself. Exactly. I mean, I feel like we're like five, seven, eight years out until it's yeah more people are on it. But definitely. it's good to educate yeah, yourself little by little. Educate right? yourself. Like I'm still in like the you know the IRL in real life aspect right now, mm-hmm. right? So I I want to invest more into like how can I how can I build larger scale events? That's mm-hmm. what I'm that's what I'm researching because I've done big events, right? But when you look at you know huge conferences like ComplexCon mm-hmm. or like um, the the CCNYC does a huge event in Atlanta. I mean, in New York now. Dang, I can't remember. Coach, CultureCon. Mm, CultureCon. Yep, yep, yep. You know, when you look at stuff like that, it's like that's that's the phase of cosign I want to be in next, right? Mm-hmm. So, and to do that, I need to be all hands-on, right? Yeah. So, what do brands look like when they when they give top sponsorship dollars for like that? They look at the audience, the data, right? Mm-hmm. So if you really ask what I'm, what I'm researching is the data, yeah. right? So media companies talk about it. Media companies have grown from just doing media, right? To then becoming marketing agencies. Right. So like now because you're already creating media content for yourself, now media companies create content for other companies, yeah. right? So that's one phase of of growing as a media company. The second phase and now which everybody's in right now is is the data aspect. Mm-hmm. So basically as a media company, you have all this data from your consumers, your audience, and your viewers, and from doing in-person events that you could then basically sell to companies mm-hmm. right so for yeah. example if i want to work with toyota i can create you know an event centered around surveys center user experiences about vehicles and tell toyota 
why people would rather buy their vehicles, uh, Toyota vehicles, mm-hmm. over a Nissan, right? Yeah. And then by doing that, that's like you're becoming a data agency. Yeah. So that's one thing that companies are starting to do now. Yeah. So as a data, media company, data the new gold. It is. So like that's one thing I'm learning more about is because people are really you know data and analytical, and it's like man, for me. I didn't know much about that. Like, I, I know how many people came to my event. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my Google Analytics numbers, but there's so much more data we're missing out on. There's mm-hmm. so many more touch points, right? So, like, even, like, simple surveys you can you can put out at the beginning of your event. Mm-hmm. People go, whether it's a free or paid event, when people go buy tickets, include three to four questions on there that you can use to repurpose in mm-hmm. the, at the beginning of your, your event. Take that information, you know what I'm saying, uh, put whatever you need to put it in, and then now you have more data mm-hmm. for your event that you could pitch to other clients. And what type of data points are you looking to Man, add? so buying behaviors. Got it. Um, buying behaviors, demographic. Uh, so a lot of things is is a consumer experience, right? So mm-hmm. where do consumers spend their money, right? So we think about this. Are Do they, do they dine out frequently? Are they drinking a lot? Uh, are they spending it on new home purchases, car purchases, clothing? If you could learn a person's buying experience, you could pitch that data to that industry. You're saying uh, 67% of our audience is looking to buy a car in the next two to three years. Mm-hmm. Out of that percentage, 92% of them are fans of Toyota Camrys. Now, I could take that to Toyota. Like, this is why you need to partner with us. This is why anything coming to Dallas, Atlanta, Miami should be working with Cosign mm. because this is your this is the demographic you want to reach and we have the, the numbers to match that mm. right so people especially media companies need to tap into that a lot more right so figure out ways to in- embed that into you know programming people look over Instagram polls as long as you capture before it expires man that's yeah. that's data that's touch data. points yeah. you know what I'm saying so keep that take that information offline I mean well online it's like Excel or mm. you know whatever you host your data in and just keep updating it. Mm. You know, that's one thing that I'm really researching and want to get into because I'm starting to realize that's the shift. Because, yeah. like, first it was marketing agencies. Then it was influencer agencies. Now it's the data. So, like, if you could really tell people, you know, the data about your your consumers, your audience, your viewership, man, that's gold right there. No, I heard that. I know uh, when I was working with an agency, a marketing agency, and when I was in L.A., um, a lot of companies would buy email lists and they would spend yes big money on these email lists like yo um you know it's it, technically you're not supposed to be doing it yeah <laughs> but they spend big money on it you yeah know i mean because the point is it's data that they can all, use and they can repurpose it's all day and they can uh you know sell to people and whatnot see that's another thing too so like, i'll be transparent like for a point i thought email lists were dead you know i'm like mm. man people don't really uh open and yeah. you know consume emails like that but they're not yeah so like everything should be some type of rsvp to capture those emails yeah yeah capture data i started a community text text is texting to get yep. to get numbers um i mean it's a little pricey once you're growing it but once yeah. you grow it to where you want and figure out how to monetize it man that's another touch point like even like with market aspect you can send out promotional texts yeah. and get the feedback text text open percentage rate are great high or way higher way higher than email, yeah. email you know yeah. so if you have a great text open and email open bro that's money right there mm. Mm. that's game right there that's game uh, um what type of impact do you see Cosign having on the community, let's just say, with the next five to seven years? I know people ask, like, where do you see yourself in the next right, five right, to seven right. years? But I want to know, where, where do you see the company at? I know you mentioned that you want to do larger events and whatnot, mm-hmm. but what do you see in the next five, seven years? So when, when we come back and revisit this, we're going to be like, I told you so. <laughs> Man, I want to I wanna invest in experiences and events and and individuals and businesses that my daughter could look up to, mm-hmm. right? And what I mean by that is, you know, I'm Panamanian, um, yeah. full Panamanian. My daughter is uh, Panamanian, Puerto Rican, and and black. Yeah, because Puerto, Puerto, Puerto Rican. Rican yeah. Yeah. Yeah, her mom is black and Puerto Rican, and I'm Panamanian, right? So my daughter, I want her to be proud of being a woman and being a Latina, right? Yeah, yeah. So about it. I want to have those experiences for her. So I try to keep, you know, women around us in Cosign, even though Cosign is like right now like is, is majority male, but I try to keep women around so that she could look up to them mm-hmm. and see that, hey, she can do it too, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot, a lot more like women events, a lot highlighting more women. And we even, you know, started La Vida Cosign, which is basically mm-hmm. like a Latino version for Cosign Magazine where we strictly only fi- highlight um, and promote Latino artists, businesses, entrepreneurs, et cetera. I'm doing that with uh, with Frank, mm-hmm. 
he's helping me out with that because you know my Spanish is so so. You know what I'm saying? Same here, bro. Spanish is so 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 like. I interviewed a fellow Panamanian in Miami named Ike Music, mm-hmm. and he only spoke Spanish. So, like, I didn't want to speak Spanglish, and he really understand me, or I didn't want to speak English, yeah. and then had to translate. So, you know, brought people in. So, really going to, like, dive more into that aspect. I feel like, the you know, the Latin demographic is wide open, too. Yeah. Like, there's not much dedicated mm-hmm. to it. You know what I'm saying? There's, like, a few media outlets, but there's not a lot. So, it's, like, a lot of opportunities that we're mm-hmm. missing out to yeah. telling stories and experiences for that. So... That's kind of where, like, the impact I kind of see Coastline having is not only do we want to create experiences that are fun and engaging, but we want to educate people on on culture, Mm -hmm. on business, on on how to get ahead, on how to turn, you know, your your passion into a paycheck. Like, I play basketball because I like it. I enjoy it. But how can I go deeper with tournaments? So, like, we're talking about how it's therapeutic. To me, that's mental health. So, like, Mm -hmm. now we're we're adding a mental health component to the tournament series, right? To like, yo, people play basketball to get their mind off things, right? Mm-hmm. So can we partner with a, you know, a mental health nonprofit to like give, you know, some of the funds back to them or, you know, saying some Love content that. around it. So I want everything that we do to to have a purpose. Even if we're monetizing it, we want to be able to, to give back in some aspect of it. So For that sure. way it's impactful, you know, saying to the audience that we're trying to attain. Yeah, I love that. I love what you're saying about the, the representation in Latino Man. community. That's the reason why we started this, right? When you're uh-huh. talking about investing in business i'm pretty sure it's not the person that you're thinking of it's not me right Right. when you think of owning a media company it's probably not somebody that looks like you right Right. so it's important for us to highlight people like you to have more women around so we can show people that it is possible definitely there's not a certain way that you have to look or act you know what i'm saying you can be yourself and come from where you come from and be successful so that's why we do the Latin Wealth Podcast, and I love what uh, you're doing as well. That's amazing, man. Yeah. I love that you do this, bro. Yeah, for sure. Um, we can start wrapping this thing up. Just a couple more questions, man. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm curious, a recent failure that you had, and how did you overcome it? Uh, a recent failure. It could be anything, man. It can, you know, you mentioned that you're a father. Yeah. It could be, you know. Uh, man, that's actually a great question, a recent failure. I would say... The one that sticks out to me the most recently was, um, man, I feel like there's so many failures. <laughs> but that's yeah. how you get better, though. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about one of my biggest failures. I can't really think recent, recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk one of my biggest it. failures was I had a studio in Arlington. Uh, it was my first studio, Cosign Media. And basically, I got the studio because I was like, man, I really need this place. a place. I really need a place. I need a space. But I but I didn't know why I needed it for right. Mm-hmm. So, on uh, one side of the uh, of the lot or what is it called, uh, the building yeah. or whatever it is, there was my cousin had Katie's custom jewelry, and then there was an empty space. And on the other side, one of my closest friends had a clothing store, TNC Unlimited. So there was a space in the middle that just opened up, and I knew at that time I wasn't financially stable to have my own space because mm-hmm. I wasn't really making no money. But I talked to both of them, and they were like, man, you know what I'm saying? We could do photos and videos and all that. I wasn't really doing photo shoots, so mm-hmm. it was like I would have to bring photographers in. Right. But they were like, bet, let's do it. So we had no plan, no concept, no idea. We was like, we're going to get the space and make it work. So we got the space, painted it, painted this big old coast. I hired Big Text to paint the Cosign logo on there, mm-hmm. painted the Cosign colors, shot, hit, hit up Ricky. Ricky went in on some equipment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Ricky. Ricky went in on some equipment. <laughs> Now we got Cosign Media Studios. Mm. Ain't got no clients. Ooh. So, you know, that every month, <laughs> every month, and we yeah. had to sign a we had to sign a two-year, two-year Ooh. lease. So every month that yeah. that that yeah. lease hitting, no clients. Mm. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm like, okay, well, at least let me do my cosign interviews out there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I could draw people in. So I'm doing some interviews, let alone, I don't at that time I didn't do photography videography. So I'm just winging it. I'm doing interviews by myself, audio's messed up. Mm-hmm. Or my 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 uh, SD card runs out, yeah, and yeah. I didn't know. I'm just doing a whole interview, so like I'm really messing up. So I'm like, okay, I didn't really need to bring somebody in. Took me a while to actually find somebody, but at this time, it's like four or five months in. We still not making no money, so mm-hmm. we're just paying yeah. rent every month. And at this time, um, my other friend, uh, his business wasn't doing as well either. So it's like he's paying his rent and he's putting in our rent. So, of course, if you had to choose, mm-hmm. you're going to choose yourself first. Right, right. So, it came to a point, man, we got like 
maybe like two or three months behind on it. Like trying to make partial payments, mm-hmm. but they like, no, we need full. Yeah, they need full. So making partial payments so over time. They ended up uh, locking the studio and I had mm-hmm. my equipment in there and they locked it up, had my equipment in there. And the worst part to which what hurt me the most was it was in my fiance at the time, my fiance's, it was in her name because mm-hmm. I was still building my credit. So she put in her name because she believed in me mm-hmm. and I let her down. So I let her down. Yeah. I let myself down and I let my, you know what I'm saying? My friends yeah. down and I let Ricky down. Yeah. So that's one of those failures that sit with me hard, man, mm-hmm. because I let so many people down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, but I can tell from that failure, there's something, I mean, the reason why I asked the question is I can tell you don't look at failures as failures, but more as lessons. Right. And oh, I'm sure you've man. learned from that. Definitely. And you use that to push you to go hard yeah, and to yeah. get you where you're at now. Got to have a plan with everything. Like yeah. I should have had a plan first. For sure. I should have known like, okay, who, who I'm going to have shoot in there. I should have had like, maybe like a, 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 like a studio manager who's a photographer, videographer. Mm-hmm. That way it could be their studio home and maybe give them like a discounted rate. Like mm-hmm. if I knew my rent was 800, maybe like, Hey, for 300, I'll give you access all time. You know what I'm saying? And I give you a cut of what we bring in. That way, at least I'm making some of the rent and they're helping me build a clientele. Cause I'm not a photographer, videographer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't, I wasn't really in that space. So right. I didn't really know who to reach out to. Um, so there's a lot I would have done differently now that I know, you know, but yeah. So everything I, I, I go into now is I need to have a plan. I need to research who's going to be a part of mm-hmm. it. How are we going to, you know, if we're not trying to make money, how are we at least going to break even? You know, so that way, you know, what I'm saying we're not in the red or we're not just losing money, right? Um, but if it's an investment where you know we're not going to gain money back and we're losing money, how is it going to come back in the long run? You know, mm-hmm. these are like a lot of questions that I ask yeah. myself now, knowing it because you know I come from a hustler mentality. Like I'll figure it out as I go. But you can't always do that, man. You got to have a plan. Especially with a family and whatnot, man. Especially with a family, yeah. Especially yeah. with a family, like man. There's been man. There's been times I've been dead broke. Yeah. You know, like man, like school closes coming up, so. I, <sighs> I'm going to publicly say this too. Like, mm-hmm. we're not together no more. Mm-hmm. But shout out to my ex fiance, man, mm-hmm. because when I say she held it down, I remember there was a Christmas. I'm like, Chris, I ain't had, I was out of there. Mm-hmm. I couldn't afford to buy my daughter no Christmas presents. And mm-hmm. we, bu- I had a kid and she had a kid. She she bought Christmas presents for both kids. Like, mm-hmm. not wow. just like one for my daughter. Like, not yeah. like those viral memes where, like, well, only my kids will get McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, not like, I'm talking about like, like clothes, uh, she was really into uh music, so she bought her a guitar. My wife asked me, like, what would you do in that situation? I was like, I'm bringing food for everybody. I'm sorry, yeah. I just this is how I am, but man, yeah, because it's <laughs> it's weird, like just eating in front of people, like you know what I'm saying. I yeah. mean, yeah, I would, I would, or I would have just picked up my kid and you know took my kid out. Yeah, to eat. you know, I'm not going to just bring one kid. <laughs> But then it's getting like, well, yeah, that's her. That, he should know who's going to be yeah, here. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was funny though. Um, but yeah, but so she like, held it down. She held it down. She held it down. She held it down. So, you know, I, I learned. I learned from from all of that. You know, mm-hmm. and I know what I don't want to put myself in mm-hmm. ever again. Right. So, just like you said, they're not losses. They're lessons. Yeah. But you know, you really have to think about those lessons and how you're going to like make sure that you know you, you learn from them and it doesn't happen again. So yeah. that whole experiencing phase that I went through for like those three years has, has taught me a lot. You mm-hmm. know. Taught me how to manage money, relationships, uh, coming up with a plan for business, and, and just really made me stronger, honestly. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Man, one last question um, I want to ask you. And before we I hit you with that, you know, I appreciate you coming on, yeah, sharing course, your story, man. being transparent, giving some game to people out there. But something we always ask people on the Latin Wealth podcast is who is one person that you feel needs to be on the Latin Wealth podcast? And the only Caveat is you got to be able to know them. You got to have access to this person. No, yeah, I, got, I got to co-sign them. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, man, I'm sorry. I'm gonna give you three. Okay, hit us. I'm sorry. So, my 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 partner who is La Vida Cosign Frank, mm-hmm. Frank, uh, Frank Louboutin. He's uh he's he's Mexican. He does kicks kicks one hundred and one, which is like sneaker mm-hmm. sneaker expo. He also has Kicks for Kids Dallas, which is a nonprofit to where he gives sneakers back to Dope. underprivileged kids who can't afford to have sneakers in school. Um, he also owns a catering company. He's also a personal trainer mm. and then uh, uh, an influencer. And like I said, he helps with the magazine. So uh, Frank Louboutin. I'm uh, also going to say Roman Malvez. He's uh, an entrepreneur and he's the Hennessy brand ambassador. Um, he's he's super dope, man. One of the relationships that I've had mm-hmm. that where it 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 went from business to family, like he's yeah. my brother. 
Um, that's two, and the third one is we really got a whole group called the Lip Boys. Okay, so okay. I, uh, so I got I got to hit them all up. We in the last just have one. the whole Lip Boys. Yeah, in here. the whole Lip Boys. <laughs> and uh, but it doesn't stand for what you think. So it's L I I T. So okay. Lit Long Island Ice T Boys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one is is Boy, Miggy. Laughing. <laughs> is Miggy Miguel? So Miguel used to work at Gucci. He quit Gucci to uh to um to run uh his his jewelry business with his wife. So he does jewelry, and then he also does um, um, photography, videography, and he just started. Um, he just started like a sneaker, like a, a like a sneaker shopping service. Okay. okay. So so all three are all all three of those are dope. They um, all in Dallas. They're all in Dallas. Okay, oh, nice. I'm sorry. I got to give you four because I can't I can't say I can't say all <laughs> this and then not shout out to a woman. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, my homegirl Emily Emily De La Cruz. She's Dominican. She's originally from the Bronx. I'm from Brooklyn. We're yeah. gonna go there, but she's from the <laughs> Bronx. She moved to Dallas. She she's an expert in marketing. Mm. Expert, like I look up to her when it comes to marketing. Uh, she also has her own event space and uh in downtown, and she does Airbnb real estate investments. Wow. She's super lit, and she just got a job at Meta Facebook. So mm. she's still an entrepreneur. But she she wants to get in that corporate bag with yeah. Facebook. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. So she's super dope. So I'm I'm, I'm if, if I had to say in order, okay, I'm gonna say hit up Emily first. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Ladies first, and she's dope. Shout out to my Dominican people. I love Dominicans. Mm. That's another story. <laughs> <laughs> another, story. Another, <laughs> another podcast. Another podcast. <laughs> hit up Emily first, and then. Uh, after that, any lit boy, I, I can't put them in order. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, Emily first, any one of the yeah, lit we're gonna tap in for sure. I appreciate yeah. you for sure. Right, um, no doubt, I got you. Thank you once again, man. Where can people reach out to you? Where can people learn more about Cosign and whatnot? Uh, talk to the people. Definitely, man. You can go to our Instagram, Cosign Mag. Uh, we'll have everything in. If you look at the link in the bio, we'll have our website, YouTube channel. We can check out the podcast on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. Um, we have the Cosign Awards coming up. That's the link in our bio as well. And like we talked about since the Latin Wealth, Latin Wealth Podcast, if you mm-hmm. want to know more about La Vida Cosign, that's in our bio as well, too. Um, so yeah, go to Cosign Mag on IG. You can find everything there. And I appreciate y'all, you know, tapping in yeah. and checking us out. Yeah, for sure. We appreciate it. With that being said, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram at Latin Wealth. Share this episode with one other person that needs to hear this episode, whether it's a friend or family. And we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Hey, we out. We out.